Um, also today, the Lord put on my heart, we're going to do a little responsive reading. So if you have your Bibles, opens to Ephesians chapter 6. If you don't have your Bibles, open your phones to Ephesians chapter 6. Everybody please stand. We're going to read a few scriptures. We're going to read it all together. Because this wasn't planned, so I don't have anybody to help me out. But we're going to be reading Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 12. So please go ahead and stand. Alright, starting in verse 10, Ephesians chapter 6. The Bible says, All together, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Amen. Father, we thank you for this morning, Lord. We thank you for the spiritual battles that have been going on all weekend, Lord. This morning with the children's ministry, Lord, just uh, throwing it together. But Lord, what a blessing to have our kids back. The setup this morning, Lord, the, the freeways that were closed, all of the opposition that were against us, Lord, we just want to recognize that it's spiritual, Father. That the devil, the world, and the flesh want to rob, kill, and destroy us, Father. And we're just thankful that we are here, that we are ready, our hearts are turned to you to speak to us. Father, we pray for the tithes and the offerings as they come in. May you just bless those that have uh, charge over the finances, Lord, and just continue to uh, make your path straight for us, Lord. Reveal your, your will, whether it's to continue to meet here or back in the building or in a, an alleyway, Lord. I don't care. I know Pastor Johnny doesn't care. We just want your will for this body. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, may be seated. All right, so awesome. Definitely glad to have this opportunity. By the way, Pastor Johnny's not teaching today. If you don't know me, my name's uh, Joshua. I'll be filling in. So we're going to go over a little bit of spiritual warfare today. That's why I wanted to open up with uh, Ephesians chapter 6. It's just something that the Lord has been putting on my heart. Um, so the title of my message is, is Why? Right? And I think that's a question that a lot of people have been asking during this whole COVID, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, is, is why, right? So I titled this study because it's going on in my heart a lot the last month as I'm just evaluating things, just sitting back, trying to discern, listen to people, hear what's going on in their hearts. Um, and it's a question I've asked myself time and time again as I look at the things going on around, right? Why? Why is this happening? I've seen so many lines drawn in the sand. I've seen members of our own church argue over non-essentials and have division drawn between them. I've seen marriages attacked. I've experienced that my own firsthand, my family attacking me about certain things that I am about or have posted and just all this division, friends, neighbors, coworkers, you name it, you've probably experienced it and it's happening. Um, I even heard from my dad a few, uh, a few weeks ago, we were having dinner and he goes, Man, I've just never seen it this bad before, right? So why? And I'll give you the answer right now, beginning of the study. I'll give you the answer why it's so bad. Matthew 12, 25. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. Now that's why this is happening. Because the devil wants to divide us, because he knows together we can't stand, right? And we have three enemies the Bible tells us, the world, the flesh, and the devil. 
And the purpose of this study is I want just to get you all to realize, as God is showing me, that this is a spiritual battle. That's why we read that section. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And I feel like everybody, including Christians, are so focused on other people. And the devil has us so distracted from the spiritual things that are going on behind the scenes that it's, we're destroying ourselves. We're blowing our witness in front of the world that is ready to receive. Um, so that leads me into three points. My first point is, why are you surprised? Why are we surprised, right? So I was driving home after dinner with my wife uh, two weeks ago, and she just tells me, man, Josh, wouldn't that be awesome if they took all that money that they're funding Planned Parenthood with and just diverted it to end child sex trafficking, right? It's just such an easy, like, duh, that would make so much sense. Like, why can't we just do that? Right? Wouldn't it make sense to end sex trafficking, to put money into saving children as opposed to killing children? Right? It's just something that just clicked in my head. Of course it would make sense. But that's not the way the world works. Right? Because the world is our enemy. The devil is our enemy. Right? So why are we surprised? It's just a natural inclination of the world to want to go against the things of God. Because this world has fallen. This world is sinful. And it's not going to be redeemed until Jesus comes back and makes it new. So yes, God is in full control over the world. But who rules the world? The devil. 1 John 5, 9, 19. We know that we are from God. And the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Right? So he's running the world. God is over it. God is allowing it. Just as God allowed the devil to have access to Job's life, God is allowing these things because of free will. And then 2 Corinthians 4, 4. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So the world is blind to these things. Right? So we can't be surprised when the world backs these kind of policies or these people or whatever is going on that goes against the world of God because they're blind. It's the same thing as if you invited a blind man into your house and he knocked over your favorite vase. You can't be mad at him. He's blind. He doesn't know what he's doing. Right? Unless you tell him, hey, there's a vase there. Please, don't step to your left because you're going to knock it over. Right? Then it's a different thing. If we haven't told people our part, we can't get mad at them because they're blind. So the world is blind. So, here is my first point. Why are we surprised? Right? So why are we surprised when funding goes to kill babies rather than the saving babies? Why are we surprised when school boards embrace the implement of LGBTQ agenda as early as kindergarten. Why am I surprised when I get a book from my local library about two princesses falling in love and getting married? Why am I surprised? That's the way the world is. Why are we surprised when politicians say they recommend watching porn with their families? Look it up. It's out there. We recommend this because the kids should know. Why are we surprised when an entire nation is in chaos at an election time? Why are we surprised when there's more pride in people's skin color than the kingdom family? Any skin color. Why are we surprised when professional athletes can gather and play sporting events and politicians can sit together at a funeral in church and PetSmart, yes, PetSmart can be open, but we can't meet in our building. Why are we surprised? The world is our enemy. So 1 Peter 
to encourage you, beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing is happening to you. Don't think this is strange, guys. If we know the Word of God, if we are um, educated on what the Bible tells us in the end times, these things won't surprise us. So I hear all day long, Josh, can you believe? Yes, I can. Have you read what Jesus says about the end times? People will be lovers of themselves. Why are we surprised? So if you truly have that understanding that this is a spiritual battle and the ruler of this world is your enemy and he has an agenda and he wants to rob, kill, and destroy your family and everyone you love, regardless of the if you're a Christian or not, he wants to destroy you. He doesn't care. He doesn't have favorites. He doesn't show partiality either. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And I have come that they may have life and life more abundantly. By any means necessary, he wants to keep you from coming in contact with what God has for you. And he wants to keep other people from coming in contact with who God is. So once we recognize and understand that this is a spiritual battle everywhere, our entire perspective changes. So next we're going to take a look at how are we reacting. Right, and this has been very challenging to me. And I'm teaching this because God has been showing me this the last two months as he's been smacking me on the hand. Right, so this comes from me learning just the way God's going to show you guys. So my second point, why are we fighting fire with fire? Why is it, um, I'm seeing overwhelmingly that Christians, God's children, God's holy nation, his chosen people, his prized possession, fighting fire with fire. Romans 12, 21, do not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So why are God's children trying to overcome evil with evil right now? Amen. I see it everywhere, including myself. Again, this is from me, from my heart. This is what God's showing me. I see too many of God's lights and salt of the earth not being salty and lit. They're dim. They're flavorless. Fighting with words that break down rather than build up. Anger that builds up that causes root of bitterness. Looking and seeking, looking and seeking out debates and arguments rather than opportunities to share the gospel of Christ. James 1, 19-20 So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. God has clearly told us that the wrath of man is not going to produce His righteousness. So why are we trying to be so wrathful? We're fighting the very thing that we are enraged by, by the same means. Your anger will not accomplish God's plan. Your desire to back someone in a corner so you can be right is not going to save their soul from eternal damnation. It's not. It's not about being right. And it seems that like the comment section on Facebook and Instagram and all of these things has become... The, the place to wage war. Everybody's fighting and bickering and commenting and unfriending and this is where these battles are going. So let me tell you something. If you're spending more time battling by posting than praying, then you've already lost. You are losing the spiritual battle. If you're reading more about opinions of the world rather than the truth from God's word, then you are losing the spiritual battle. You are losing. God hasn't lost. 
Yes, we are Christians. Yes, we are going to heaven. But if heaven was the only point, why are we still here? Pastor Johnny said that, I think, last week. If it was all about heaven, why are we still here? It's not. It's about God's glory. It's about Him using us to save other people. It's about people's souls. Not about social stances on issues. Never take your, your own revenge. Leave room for the wrath of God. As Romans 12.19 says, Do not be revengeful, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. So let me ask you this question. In what verse did the disciples go around uh, teaching the church that it's good to slander their political leaders? What verse is that? Anybody? No? Nowhere. We're told to pray for our leaders. To submit to our leaders unless it causes us to sin. Submit to the governing authorities. Unless it puts us against God's word. So let me ask you this question. How many disciples got beat up and thrown in jail because they were so insistent on their rights being violated? No? None. They were thrown in jail not because they wouldn't wear a mask. They were thrown in jail because they were preaching the gospel of Christ. Because that's the essential thing. Because they would not stop preaching the name of Christ. So we remember that Jesus gave up all his rights, all of his, all of his authority when he came down to, down to earth, right? He gave it all up. Everybody's so concerned with my rights, my rights, my rights. Yes, there's that aspect. But remember Jesus' example. Philippians 2, verses 6 through 8. Who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. He gave up all of his authority for us. All of his rights he gave up for us. The only one who was always right all the time allowed himself to be wrong so other people could experience God's glory. That's the example. But he still called out sin. Right? He continued to say, go and sin no more. Right? He didn't say to the woman caught in adultery, oh, you're forgiven. Bye. He said, go and sin no more. Right? So we had a, an awesome way of being able to speak truth and love. So giving up your rights or what you deserve and calling out sin are not mutually exclusive. Right? You can do them both. But what influence do you have in these people's lives that they're going to receive that truth, right? That's, that's the missing link. So when it comes to politics, when politics decide to cross over into the realm of morality, that's when we get involved, right? That's when our voices need to be heard, but not the same way that the world's voices are being heard. We're to look different. And, you know, I absolutely love I don't want to like be too harsh because I love the passion. I love the fire that people have for the Lord right now um, because I think it's necessary. I think God is shaking up His children. It's just we need to learn to direct it the right way. Amen. So I love seeing people stirred up. I love being shaken up. God loves to challenge me and that's why I always bring challenging messages which is why He probably only lets me preach once every six months. But I mean, I love being challenged. 
So here it is. Why not do it right? My third point. Why not do it right? I have a few examples. So we'll talk about David and Saul. This has just been on my mind. I've been telling everybody. I don't even, I'm telling guys at the gas station this. It's just amazing. So if you don't know David and Saul, Saul was the king. David was prophesied to be the next king. And Saul's like, oh man, if I kill David, then he'll never be king, and I'll be king, and it'll be perfect, right? So Saul is just trying to just murder David, trying to be, you know, scheming, trying to get David, and David's just running away, being faithful to the Lord. And twice, David has an opportunity to kill Saul. David sneaks into the camp, and he's standing over Saul, and he could kill him, but he doesn't. Twice, right? He says, Lord, I'm going to leave this to you. I'm going to allow room for your wrath. And Saul ends up killing himself later on. Right? So this example is, how many of us think, if we could just get that politician out of office, oh, if we could just change the leadership of our state, if we could just get this person out, then our state would finally be able to move forward in the things of God. If I'm not going to say names, but if this governor or that person could just, we could just take them out or, you know, whatever, then all of our problems would be fixed. We could go back to, no. That person, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. The devil's going to continue to put people in position because that's what the world does. Right? But the problem is we're so ready to recall somebody before we pray for them. And that's a problem. We're willing to sign a petition before we're ready to open God's word. That's a problem for God's children. So then we got Stephen. Stephen the martyr, right? He gets killed because they challenge him. They say, man, this guy Stephen, he's just blaspheming. He's talking bad about Abraham and Moses. And he goes, yeah, you guys think so? Let me take you through a quick history from Abraham all the way down. By the way, you guys have been doing nothing but deny the Holy Spirit. And it says they're cut to the heart because he speaks the truth. And these religious leaders are cut to the heart because they know it's true. So they kill him. But what happens when he's being murdered? Acts 7.55 But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. People are murdering him, throwing stones at him, kicking him, punching him. And what is his reaction? He's not looking around and all these people causing mischief. Punch it. He looks up and he sees Jesus. He's not focused on this because that's not where the battle is. He's about to win. He's about to be in heaven. Right? How many of us can look up to the heavens amidst the things going on in our lives? Amidst the persecution that Jesus clearly told us would happen? You will be persecuted for my namesake. Yes. Right? Why are we looking at these things on the news and these things in the media when we should be looking to God? How about Lot and Abraham? Right? Genesis 13, 8-9. So Abraham said to Lot, Please, let there be no strife between you and me, between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I'll go to the right. If you take the right, then I'll go to the left. He says, whatever you want, you can have first picks. Right? But again, we're so focused on what's mine, my rights, my, my house, my liberties. Instead of just saying, eh, you know, if we have an opportunity to meet outside, let's meet outside over meeting in a church. Right? Because we're not causing strife with Caesar. We're meeting outside. Okay, that's just my heart. Why would we have to stick it to the man if we can meet here? Amen. There's no need to cause strife. 
right? You want the left? I'll go to the right. You want the right? I'll go to the left. And then my favorite example, of course, got to bring it back to Jesus. Matthew 26, 20 through 21. When evening had come, he sat down with the twelve. Now as they were eating, he said, Assuredly, one of you will betray me. So who ate the Last Supper with Jesus? All twelve of the disciples. Whose feet did Jesus wash? All twelve of the disciples. Who sold Jesus out? Judas. Whose feet did he wash? Whose bread did he break with? Whose cup did he drink from? Are we willing to wash the feet of those who betray us? Are we willing to come together and break bread with those who are our enemies? Are we willing to drink from the same cup as the people that are against us? Just a challenge, right? I don't know. You guys answer it. That's what Jesus did. He knew Judas would betray him, but he still washed his feet. How many of you are willing to go wash that person's feet that you think is oppressing you right now? How many of you are willing to go to their house and break bread with that person who's oppressing you right now? I don't know if I am, honestly, just being real. Just something I'm working on too, right? I'm learning this with you guys. But here's the problem. Once you recognize the spiritual darkness, now you have an obligation to do something. And that's why I think a lot of Christians are just out of sight, out of mind. Well, I'm not called to that. Well, there's Christians in the world that are called to be in that realm and arena because you don't want to have the responsibility to address those problems the way you should. They don't want to deal with it because it's inconvenient for us. It takes our time. It takes our energy to handle it the way God has called us to handle it. Right? It's more convenient to log on, find an article, post your opinion, rather than open your Bible and sit with the Lord. It's more, it's more convenient. Just log on. I'll just find this uh, article about abortion and child sex trafficking. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and just post this verse. Alright, time to go. Did my duty for the day. Peace. Instead of sitting with the Lord and seeing what He wants to speak to you. It's more convenient to argue with someone and win because you're right than allow yourself to be wrong to gain influence in someone's life. It hurts to be wrong, doesn't it? Jesus knows something about that, right? It hurts. But the thing is, He was never wrong. He allowed Himself to be wrong. And it's more convenient to just turn people off because they have different views than you than it is to actually get up and get in their pit and try to learn and feel why they are the way they are. Right? And everybody knows about it. The division that's going on. Right? And I've been on both sides now. And I've seen this week there was um, just some things said. And I don't know if there's anything more controversial than... I mean, I'm going to talk about it. My wife told me not to. But there's nothing more controversial right now than Black Lives Matter for a lot of people. Right? It just, it is what it is. So this person says black lives matter. This person says all lives matter. Everybody's offended. Right? The thing is, we're not taking time to understand those hearts. Right? Just the same as not all white people are racist. Not all cops are bad. Not all people who support black lives matter are going to burn your business down. Right? We can't be painting with this broad brush. Right? 
Because I don't know what it's like to be pulled over while driving black. But I have a lot of friends that I've talked to, and that's a real fear. Whether or not it's true, when they get pulled over, what the media has put in their head, whether it's true, it's, it's true sometimes. Just because you don't see it don't mean it doesn't happen. But that's a real fear people have. I don't have to have that fear. So it's silly of me to pretend like I can come alongside that person and feel that, right? It's just, I was thinking this week, it's the same as me. I was in foster care, abandoned by two sets of parents. It's like someone saying, Josh, why, why are you so depressed all the time, bro? Like, it can't be that hard not having parents that love you as your parents are married. Like, you just don't know. You don't know. But we have to hurt with people. We have to listen to people. We have to sit with people and break bread with them and drink from their cup and wash their feet so we can all come together for what God has called us to do. Right? That's the point. That's the point. So I'll leave you with this. It would be more convenient for Christ to stay in heaven in the first place. It would have been way more convenient for Christ to stay in heaven. To not come down to earth, to not be born in a manger, to have people sought out to kill him, to not be falsely accused, to not be punched in the face, to not have a crown of thorns placed on his head, to not have his back ripped open by a flagellum, to not have to carry the cross up, up the hill, to not have his hands and feet nailed to the cross, to be hoisted up, dehydrated, bleeding, to die, only to be separated from God's presence. It would have been way more convenient for him to just stay up there. And I wouldn't have even blamed him. But he loved us too much. He couldn't stay up there. Because he loved us too much. And that's the kind of love that the world is looking for right now. And guess what? You're the world's best hope. And for me that's sad. Because I know my heart. But God wants to use us anyways. So I'll ask you guys again. Why? I'll leave you with this scripture, Romans 5.8. God demonstrated His love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's why. Because while you were in sin, while you were His enemy, He died for you. He gave up His rights for you. He made Himself of no reputation for you when He didn't have to. So inconvenience yourself because He inconvenienced Himself to the max for you. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your example, Lord. Just your perfect example. And Lord, we struggle. We can't do it. Father, we don't have it in us, but we know that through you we can do all things. So Father, I pray that we would take the blinders off. That we would look to you, Lord. That we would not be fearful of having our deeds exposed. Father, because we know that man loves darkness rather than light. Lord, help us to have an heart to be exposed so we can glorify you, Lord, so we can walk in the works that you have prepared for us. Because, Lord, the only way the world will know you is through us, and they will know we are your disciples by our love, Father, not by our church signs, not by our worship services, not by scriptures we post online, but, Lord, by our love. And I pray that we would show that same love that you showed us on the cross to this world that needs it. Help us to be a salt and a light. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.